Good morning, Hopevale. Will you please stand to your feet? Let's lift our voices in song this morning and proclaim the greatness of our God in this place.
pray together, friends. God, uh, thank you that um, your grace is absolutely enough. And if it's not been this week, maybe it's because our eyes have been off you. Help us, uh, God, as we draw near today to put our eyes on you and to remind ourselves and to be reminded through your scriptures, to be reminded through our friends and the people around us that we talk to here at church, that um, you are absolutely enough. And uh, God, if you haven't blessed us any more than you already have, you've already blessed us enough. God, we thank you for that. And uh, we choose to be a grateful people here today. We choose to be a people who come and say we love you and come and say we want to worship you and come and say just more and more of you, God, in our life. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Glad you're here, everybody. Hey, while you're standing, take a second and say hi to somebody around you. Thanks. You can go ahead and have a seat. Well, good morning. Hey, it is great to be with you this beautiful, sunny Sunday morning. I'm Dan Davis, senior pastor here at Hope Fell, and uh, some are going well for you so far? 
Yeah, excellent. It's still July. Can't believe we're almost into August, but we will rejoice in today. And speaking of today, while we're gathered for worship here, our friends in Bay City are worshiping outdoors. They're going to be at Winona Park down by the the river and doing an outdoor service. And so even as we think about worshiping here today, we want to remember them in our prayers as they're taking church beyond the four walls of where they gather and worshiping and again, proclaiming the same hope that we are. And I love, Billy, the words you just shared about remembering today through our worship that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is more than enough. And we're going to hear more about that through the message that Billy's going to share with us later today, as well as gathering for communion toward the end of the service as well. If you're visiting with us, we just want to extend a special welcome to you. You know, after the service out in the lobby, we have a place called the Welcome Center, just right there in the middle. And boy, we'd love to uh, get to know you, and you can find out more about our church through our friendly staff there. Well, I'm going to ask that our ushers come forward. We're going to continue our service as we take up the offering. Um, Boy, you're going to hear a lot today about words like gratitude and thankfulness. And that's what this is about, right? This is about responding to God. Billy was praying about blessings we've received from the Lord. And, and today is a great day to remember that there are blessings big and small, seen and unseen, um, conscious and subconscious, and ones we don't even know about that God has bestowed upon us. You know, and what we do today through this act of giving is really a response of gratitude. The God who has given us and blessed us with so much. We give back not to make sure we're on his good side, not to make sure he doesn't get mad at us. We give because we're grateful. We're praising our God from whom all blessings flow. So let's just respond to the Lord as we give to him. Let's pray together. Lord, it is true that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ your Son, our Savior, is more than enough. Grace that is greater than all our sins, our flaws, our faults, our failures. Lord, thank you that your grace covers us, washes us, makes us whole, makes us new, makes us clean, makes us brave. Because you are a God who is with us, and you are a God who is for us. Lord, some of us really need to hear that message today and pray that you will speak that to the deepest places of our hearts, to know that we are not alone, but the God of this universe, the one who is greater, the one who is mightier, the one who is more powerful than any one or anything we could possibly imagine, is the God who walks with us. And is the God who took on flesh and made his dwelling among us and laid down his life on the cross. That's you, Jesus. And we worship you. So even as we give, Lord, this is all about responding to your grace, about saying we love you, about saying we're grateful for all that you've done, all that you are doing, and all that you are still to do. And so, God, even through this act of giving throughout this service, Lord, just grow our hearts in gratitude. We pray in 
Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 121 is a great psalm that we can use to encourage one another with. The psalmist in the previous one, the previous psalm, talks about our desperate need for deliverance, for help. And then he opens with 121 almost as if he's asking, do you want to know where my help comes from? He says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. Let us hear that today. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forever. The psalmist is encouraging us that God is good, that we can trust him that his faithfulness is not dependent upon our faithfulness, that even though people will let us down, he will never let us down. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. So I just want to continue with that in mind as we worship this morning.
and even though they might look dark, they might look bleak, God, to trust that you are still good, to trust that you are working in and amongst our circumstances even when we don't see you working. Help us to remember that you take ashes and you make beautiful things out of them, that your plans for us are for good, to give us a future and a hope, a future full of hope. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen. You can have a seat. everybody again it's like a quick change take my ears out put this on and I need a telephone booth or something hey so good to see you so I'm Billy I'm the worship pastor here at Hope Vale and I've been here about a year and a half and if it's your first time with us like Pastor Dan said certainly hope you enjoy your time here and maybe you hear something really special from God today maybe just a little whisper a reminder that he loves you that he's for you something something powerful would be great Hey, so last week, Pastor Sam uh, did a sermon on forgiving one another uh, based out of Colossians 3, uh, 12 and 14, uh, and uh, he encouraged us to bear one another's burdens and forgive one another. How's that going? Yeah, 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 all right. Well, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a big one to apply, you know, it really is. Love for you to keep thinking about that. 
you know, and as I've been preparing for this sermon, you know, you're praying, man, but God's somebody, somebody here, something from you, not from me that, that they can apply to their life, you know, and, and uh, not even from me, but even from, hopefully from the scriptures that you, you really uh, make, make uh, really deep. Speaking of application and applying things in your life, my daughter, Charlotte, uh, our daughter, my wife, and a- my wife Amy and I have a daughter, Charlotte. Uh, she's almost three and a half years old, and she's the kid's the love of my life. Love that kid. And uh, she applies things to her life in a really fun way. Uh, she loves the show Daniel Tiger. I mean, you know Daniel Tiger, parents out there? Yeah, I see, yeah, I see some hands out there. So they, they, Daniel Tiger is, if you don't know what it is, it's basically a cartoon remake of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It's a lot of fun. So, uh, and it's, they, they do these little lessons and they sing these little songs and, and uh, they have this little song that goes, uh, grown ups come back. And uh, so Taylor is our babysitter. She's sitting right there. She knows it because she sings it to Taylor when we leave the house. So then she sings, grown ups come back. And Taylor's like, yeah, that's true. They'll be back. And so it's really cute. So she's like applying these things and she'll sing, uh, she'll get really mad sometimes. And she goes, and then we go, what do you do? You got to count to four. She goes, okay, when you're feeling mad and you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. And she does it. It's amazing. Thank the Lord for Daniel Tiger. So... She's applying things in her life, so I guess that's the big idea today. You're here at church, and hopefully you can apply something in your life that's uh, going to be powerful coming out of the Scriptures. So we'll continue in, our, in Colossians uh, chapter 3, uh, where we left off with Pastor Sam. I'm kind of a part two in his sermon. Will you do me a favor? Um, I do this when I speak. I like for people to stand and, uh, as we read a, the, the chosen main Scripture. So if you're able, please stand. If you're not, feel free to remain seated. That's fine. Let's just give some attention toward a scripture this morning as I read. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, or songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's Colossians 3, 15 through 17. So let's pray together, okay? Lord, uh, we honor you today. We honor you. We stand in uh, our our bodies, our physical bodies. If we're not able in our hearts, we we show up here to this place and we stand in our heart to honor you. And uh, God, uh, we want to draw close so we can apply some things like my baby Charlotte Uh, to our life. And I pray today would be a special kind of day where we can look back, memorable day, day where we can look back and say, God, I remember when you did this. I remember when you said that. So pray that that's kind of the day we have today. In your name, amen. God bless you. Have a seat. Thanks, gang. Hey, you know, I say this all the time, but I really do mean it. You know, God is so honored with your presence here today. And uh, we as a a church family are honored that uh, guests come and things like that. So way to go with coming to church. So half the battle's done. So let's keep a a good uh, lended ear toward uh, applying some things. I want to start off with a little bit of history and teaching today. And then we'll get on to some uh, encouragement and some application a little bit later. So we're going to start big picture um, with the Bible. So have you ever heard the Bible? B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Have you ever heard that? It's pretty good. So we have this book of instructions, right, the Bible, and try to do our best to follow it. And so uh, 
God gave us his scriptures. He gave us his words, quite literally. And uh, so we have the Bible. It's split in half. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament. There's an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. Uh, Old promises and new promises. So uh, in the Old Testament, the main theme, sort of the main event, is called the Exodus event. And that's the second book of the Bible. The first book of the Bible is Genesis, the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The second book of the Bible is Exodus. So we have Exodus and the main event there is the idea is that God chose Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery from the bondage of Pharaoh there in Egypt. So that was the uh, redemption and the redemptive move in the Exodus event, Old Testament. New Testament, we have uh, the, the main, main event there is the Christ event. So the redemptive act through Christ that he, uh, through his life, through his uh, death, through his resurrection, that's our... That's, that's where we uh, have our focus and our attention. Uh, and we live now in this new uh, covenant time, this new promised time with Jesus. The cool thing is, is the story doesn't really end there. There's a third part. Uh, the book of Revelation says that Jesus is coming. Look busy. Get your t-shirts ready, right? <laughs> so uh, Jesus will come back, and he'll come back to take his children uh, to be home with him someday. So, all right, so we started big. So let's zoom down just a little bit more. So we get to uh, the scripture uh, where Paul, Paul actually wrote much of the New Testament. He's formerly known as Saul, major persecutor of Christians, bad dude, not a good guy. Uh, this dude was like uh, kind of a death row kind of guy uh, in today's standards. And it's interesting that God chose him, I think, because... Uh, I don't know that we would choose, choose a death row inmate to say, yeah, let's choose that one to go and, uh, you know, try to change the world with uh, the Lord's scriptures and things like that. Maybe we would. I don't know. But um, he's kind of that kind of guy. So his pendulum was like way over there. Bad dude. And so it's interesting, though, because like if he's that extreme of a character, God looked down and said, I need somebody really extreme who can be a blessing for me. And that was Paul. His pendulum swung all the other, over the other way. Saul was his name when he was a bad dude. God made him and gave him the name Paul when he became a believer in Christ and saw the Lord that way. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the great thing about Paul, I guess, the one, one reminder for us is that Paul, by all standards, uh, when he was a, this bad dude, it's a reminder for us that you're never too far gone. You're never too far gone from the things of God and Christ. If you're here today and you think, I don't know, if I set foot inside this place, I might burn up something. You're not too far gone. You're not too far. That's, a, that's, that's just the story of Paul's life tells us that. It's beautiful. All right, so let's zoom down a little bit more. We get into Colossians uh, 3, and we're looking at this, uh, what he did when he wrote to the Colossian people. Paul wrote to this letter to the Colossian people in the 50s AD when he was in prison. And this was about 20 years before Christ's death. Just a little more math. So Jesus lived um, about 32-ish years. A couple years later, that's when Paul came into the scene, when Saul became Paul and started living for Christ and proclaiming the gospel, if you will. And so this is about uh, 50 AD, maybe 18 or so years or 20 or so years after Christ died that he wrote to these people. Just a little math for you. <clears throat> he wrote it when he was in prison too. I, I think I said that. But. So uh, why did Paul write this letter to the, Corinthian, or to the, to the uh, Colossian people? So uh, it was because they were pretty heavily involved in non-Christian practices. 
like astrology and different things like that. I guess maybe some people would might, some people might call those cult-like practices, but uh, just non-Christian practices. So, and even their songs were filled with uh, vulgar lyrics and profanity. And it's like today's rap music, just horrible. Just <laughs> sometimes a little southern judgmental woman comes out in me. <laughs> 65-year-old judgmental southern woman just, isn't that, isn't that terrible? Just awful. She may come out later. Who knows? <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> so, no. I, I do love Christian, Christian music, obviously. I do love non-Christian music. Uh, I think it's, I, you know, and, uh, uh, I love all kinds of music. Uh, all things in moderation, Paul also said in Romans. So, uh, I'm not here bashing rap. Trust me, I'm not. <laughs> so, um, but I think, I think the big deal was Paul was noticing in the Colossian people, there was a blatant absence of the things of God and Christ. And he was like, yo, guys, wake up, you know, and trying to give them a heads up. All right, done with the history part now. We'll set that part down. Okay, so now we're uh, part two. We're going to get into the encouragement and application part. So let's take, what Paul was, let's take a look at what Paul was really saying here. I think he's saying one of the ways to peace and thankfulness in a life filled with the things of God is to encourage each other through the scriptures and by singing songs uh, together that are filled with scriptures and the story of Christ and to give thanks at all times. So this, the scripture actually teaches, uh, teach and encourage one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I don't really know if it means speak to each other in song lyrics, like, dude, Bob, like, we're halfway there. Take my hand. We'll make it, I swear. Thank you. <laughs> Just wondering who's going to get that today. So I know, I, you know, but I, I do think it'd just be weird to do that. But, uh, <laughs> but, but what I do think it does mean is that we can encourage each other uh, through our times of worship together and through scriptures and uh, a lot, actually. We can, we can teach each other and encourage each other through scriptures. Speaking of uh, that, uh, I uh, often encourage each other, uh, I, I encourage people through a scripture, one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 13, uh, that King David wrote. And you know the book of Psalms is actually a collection of songs. Maybe a lot of us know that, but maybe some of us don't. Psalms is in the sort of the middle of the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. King David uh, wrote these songs. They didn't rhyme very much, but they were songs to God filled with like lament and praise and all kinds of other things and, and pleading to God for things and all sorts of other stuff. But Psalm 13 is really short. Uh, I'll read it in just a moment. But it gives permission to be honest. It gives permission to lament. It gives permission to ask questions to God. Many of us don't think it's okay to ask questions to God. It's okay to ask questions to God. It's all right. So it does all that, and in the same breath, David uh, gives God uh, this worshipful, uh, trusting, heartfelt, like, I'll still follow you, even after I'm like, ah, dealing with all this stuff. So I'll read it. Uh, why don't you look at the screens? It says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love 
My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. First four verses are like, last two verses are like, but you know what, God? Ah. I love that. I like, that's our life, right? I mean, that's, that's everybody. I think so many people can relate to that. You know, it's kind of a dramatic lament, but that was King David for you. He was a pretty intense dude too. So, yeah. So, he's so full of faith in those last two verses because he can look back and understand what God has done and say, God, I, I know you've, you've done a lot for me and you've been good to me. So I often find myself at uh, people's bedsides as a pastor or on the phone uh, with people praying with them. And I use Psalm 13 as a, as a scripture that, I, that we pray through together to encourage us to have faith through it all. And who knows, we may end up praying that together at some point when you're going through a tough time with me or another pastor or something. But what I love about it is it makes you ask a question, uh, what do we know for sure? We don't really know a lot of things for sure, but we can all look back, right, and see what God's done and what kind of blessing he's been in our life. I think that's so much of what worship is, too, is looking back and being thankful, realizing all what God has done and uh, trusting in his unfailing love because uh, he's been good to us. I'm telling you, that's why I get so weepy and like when I lead worship up here and I'm, I get to praying after a song and I'm like... <laughs> And I can't deal with it. I just get so grateful, so thankful in my heart because I, can't, I know I look back like King David did. Even through it all, even through my stuff that I may be longing for today, that God is still good. My grandma used to get to praying for a meal and she would get to crying and she'd be, she'd be praying, praying, Lord, I just, oh, Billy, you're going to have to finish. I, I, don't know, I don't know if I can get anything out. <laughs> Maybe that's where that Southern woman comes from is my grandma. Could be. She went through a lot of uh, physical pain in her later years, and uh, she struggled through those, but she still had an unwavering faith um, and still prayed that, you know, God, uh, how long, O oh Lord, will you, you wait to answer my prayer? But in the same breath, I will trust and I will, I will uh, have faith through it all. So getting us back to the big picture here begs another question. So do we want peace in our life? Yeah, I think that's why we show up today. Do we want to express thanks to God? Yeah, hopefully that's why we show up today too. You know, and uh, I think Paul's basically saying, find a way every day to put the things of God in front of you and one another to have the scriptures and have some maybe song lyrics or encouraging songs that, that you're inspired by uh, to, to be inspired and to keep living a life for him. I think this begs an even bigger question. How can we be proactive in our individual lives in pursuing the things of God? And how can we encourage one another to do the same? You're at the right place. You're at church. So uh, I think that's number one is church. I think that's a big answer. You're here. Way to go. We all sing together. We sing these songs that encourage each other. And we love that. You know, the Bible in Hebrews uh, 10, 25 encourage us, encourages us to not, to not stop meeting together. So that means keep coming to church. Keep gathering together. Keep being in a place where we're inspired by the scriptures and one another. Number two, I think, you know, community groups or small groups, I think, are a great place to be inspired and to encourage each other through scripture and through encouraging music that we're listening to, to lift each other up and pray for one another. 
And then last, I, I put individual friendships. I think, you know, uh, and these are just a few things that I'm thinking of. There are probably a million other things, but um, I think these individual friendships are awesome because it keeps pointing each other to the things of God and Christ. Some of my most powerful moments in my life that I've ever had have been with one or two people, you know, where I've really realized something pretty big or whatever. But So when you speak to one another uh, using Scripture, when you speak to one another with something welling up within you from your heart, you help each other out from time to life, and it's a, from time to time in life, it's a beautiful thing. You breathe life. You speak life into people's souls. Toby Mac, a few years ago, came out with a tune called Speak Life. Uh, it's a great song. I uh, recommend it if you haven't heard it. And uh, it says this. I'll just read a few lyrics. It says, yo, it's crazy amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. Well, it's crazy to imagine words from my lips as the arms of compassion. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. Speak life. Speak life to the deadest, darkest night. Speak life. Speak life when the sun won't shine and you don't know why. Speak life. Look into the eyes of the brokenhearted. Watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope. Speak love. Speak life. Toby Mack. Great words, right? I think that's what Paul's trying to get across here to us. Breathe wind into the sails of each other with the tools of Scripture and encouraging music and things that point us to the things of God and Christ. That's what he was saying to the Colossian people at that time. Completely true for us today, too. So I believe we speak life through the Scriptures. I believe we speak life through stories of what the Lord has done. I believe we speak life through something that's welling up within you that you just got to get out, too. I thought it would be kind of appropriate to uh, talk about how God himself applies Colossians 3 with us. Zephaniah 13, 7, uh, 3.17 says this. Let's bring that scripture up. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer reprimand you, but will dance and rejoice over you with singing. That can be a really comforting thought for some, I think. I think it can be a really weird thought for other people, too. Like, God dances over me? What? Like, that's not how I imagine God. Is that what thunder is? I don't know. The word rejoice uh, is taken from a Hebrew word that's translated as meaning to spin around under violent emotions. God does this over you. He does that over me. I don't think of that often in my life. It's a pretty wild thought. There's a song that goes, uh, I'll sing it for you. I'm putting Colossians 3 into practice right here. I'm encouraging you through a song. Uh, maybe you know it, but it goes like this. It goes, you dance over me. While I am unaware And you sing all around But I, I never hear the sound Lord, I'm amazed by you Lord, I'm amazed by you 
Lord, I'm amazed by you, how you love me. <laughs> Reminds me of my little girl. I pick her up in the kitchen and we're swinging around and dancing. I love that kid so much. I love her with every single fiber of my being. Kiss her cheeks till they get all red. Guys, that's how God loves you. And so much more than that. I know it's maybe hard for some of you to realize that a big cosmic God that made everything may not have that kind of emotion. But the scriptures tell us that, he is, that we are made in his image. We are made in his image. And he's got every feeling that we've got and so much more. He knows every feeling that you feel because we're made like him. He's got all the feels. He's got every emotion. Friends, we can be thankful that, that God picks us up and twirls us around and dances over us and sings over us and smiles over us. Today's sermon is called Worship with One Another. And here I am talking about speaking life and to one another and how God speaks life over us and sings over us. It's all kind of, to me, it's all really the same thing. We worship God, not just singing at church, but, um, but we do so when we love him and when we love each other. And I think the best way we can love God and love each other, and by the way, that's Matthew 22. That's the great commandment. It's one of the things that God told us to do. Love God, love each other. Pretty simple thing, right? And we mess it up all the time. But I think one of the best ways we can love God and love each other is by worshiping him, serving him, speaking life into one another and not being victimized by a circumstance, but, but coming up out of that and being a blessing. And that's what God wants us to do. To tie a nice little bow on all of this, I think the main point Paul's trying to get across to us here today in Colossians 3 is to speak life and to breathe life into one another. And we do that through scripture, through songs, and encouraging things that are welling up within our spirits that we just got to get out with each other. So you may not know the Bible all that well, but I want to encourage you to keep your head in the book. Maybe you know some Christian songs. Maybe there's going to be an opportunity for you to encourage somebody or share, share a, a special word with somebody. You get all nervous and butterfly because you don't know if they're a Christian or not, but say it anyway. God did stuff for you anyway. Just try to be a blessing and with your, with your Christian friends, teach, admonish. Admonish means encourage one another through those, through those ways as well. In just a few moments, our uh, senior pastor, Pastor Dan, is going to come. And he's going to guide us through communion and remind us again how much God loves us through Christ. Hey, guys, I wonder if today can be just a little different, just a little bit. I wonder if today can be a little different in considering that God has spoken life into us through his son and through all that he's done for us. Let's pray together. God, it's all because of what you've done for us through your son, Jesus, that makes it so we can encourage each other along the way. We know there's a final destination with you, but for now, would you help us to walk as closely with you as we can while we're here? And that you would be honored through it all, we pray. God, we just want to get better. We just want to be better people for you. Each day, each week. For you, for our families, for our friends, for ourselves.
Thank you so very much for the gift of the Spirit that's here with us now that leads and guides us and prompts us to encourage each other along the way. So through your Spirit, Lord, we pray that you would help help us to point each other toward the things of you and be proactive in doing so and to apply it like my little baby girl, Charlotte. <laughs> Maybe we just find those little times where we have open doors to be, to, uh, be a word of encouragement and breathe life and speak life. Help us to do that through your word. Help us to do that through your spirit and with one another. And bless us now as we consider the reason we're able to be of encouragement to one another as we take communion together. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, gang. Pastor Dan. You've heard the word um, thankful, gratitude, gratefulness a lot today, and I want to read that passage again that Billy read to us at the beginning of his message from Colossians chapter 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as one members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Be grateful. Sing with gratitude. Do whatever you do, giving thanks to God the Father through him. God gives us these moments to remind us that the gospel is about gratitude not guilt. Billy talked about life under the old covenants where the law pointed us to our inability to live a God-pleasing life and how we needed a savior to pay for the guilt of our sin, to die on the cross in our place so that the God we've sung about today, the God we've worshiped, the God we're created to know could be ours, that we could call him legitimately Father. And communion is the reminder of that. As Billy was going through his message and he sang just beautifully those lyrics of God dancing over us, I thought about, boy, the difference between him reading those lyrics and singing those lyrics. And there really is something powerful about Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, that music has a way to speak to the deep places of our hearts. Well, I think God gives us the gift of communion similarly, that as we hold the bread, as we hold the cup, it engages our senses, sight, smell, touch, taste, to remind us that it's not just enough to know about God but we're to know God, to experience him, to feel his love. You know, I think about all of us coming to this point of communion and where we read these scriptures that we are called to be grateful. Sometimes it's hard to be grateful when you don't feel grateful. I think that's why we're commanded to be grateful, even when the feelings aren't there. 
and the songs that engage our hearts and communion that engages our senses, all of us, right, reminds us that we're to live gratefully, even if we don't feel like that. Because maybe it's been a rough week, a rough month, a rough year, and everything about your circumstances is telling you you have nothing to be grateful for. We come into this moment, we come into this place, we hear these words, we see the cross, and we're reminded that God's grace is enough. And that who we are in Jesus, that is our source of life. And that's why, just as, as Billy said, that's why we are to speak life into one another, to remind us that who we are is not about how much we have or how much we've accomplished or how well-known we are or how much good fortune we've experienced. But that our life, our peace, our hope is found in Jesus. And it's something that we have to keep preaching to ourselves, reminding each other again and again and again until our last dying breath. That's why I believe Jesus gave us this wonderful, sacred, yet simple act called communion. It's for his body, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, for us to remember that we are loved beyond measure. The grace of God is more than enough to cover all our sin and to make us whole and to connect us with the God who loves us and created us. Here at Hopewell, we say that communion is open to everyone who knows Christ as Savior, whether we're your church home or not, whether you're a formal member or not. If you have membership in the big C, Church of Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith, that you know Christ as your Savior, then the invitation is open to you. And let's remember our Savior's love through this. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ in that way. We recognize with a group this size that people come through our doors. And, and maybe, as Billy said, our images of God and who we think God might be, that, those don't line up. And, and, and we've never responded personally to the free gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ to know his forgiveness, not over what we can do and how well and how often we can do it, but because of the, the once and for all death of Jesus on the cross in our place for our sins that's you and you don't know Jesus in this personal way, a couple things I want to say to you. That as the plates pass by, we'd ask that you not partake with us. And it's not to single you out, but it's to recognize the sacredness of this moment. And it's to protect you from just going through hollow motions and, 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 and empty rituals, right? We're not about that. We don't want you to be about that. But communion is also the reminder the invitation for you to know Christ personally. And many throughout the years in a service much like this have, have stepped from death to life by recognizing that Jesus Christ is not just a Savior, but that he is your Savior. And today can be that day for you 
to know the life that Jesus offers. For those of us who know Christ in this way, as we hold the bread, as we hold the cup, Billy's going to be playing some instrumental music. Let that just be a time of reflection, of confession, of appreciation for all that God has done for you. And parents, if you have kids by you, if they know Christ as Savior, they're welcome to partake. If not, let the elements pass by there as well, that that you can use this as a teaching opportunity to tell them about the love of Jesus. So I'm going to ask that our servers come forward now as we prepare to take the bread, the reminder that our Lord's physical body was broken on the cross for us. Let's pray together. Lord, when we talk about singing life or speaking life, we realize that this life, eternal life, everlasting life, abundant life, forgiven life, is rooted in your Son, our Savior, Jesus. And beyond the message we heard from Billy, beyond the songs that we've sung today, as we take communion, we're reminded once again that our life is in Jesus and that his grace is enough. And remind us that this life that we experience came at the cost of the very life of Jesus, who suffered, who bore your wrath, your righteous judgment that was due us, but he took it in our place out of obedience to you and love for us. May we be reminded and may we be grateful in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, um, on the night before his death, had gathered his disciples. They were observing the Passover meal together. Passover was an act of worship under the old covenant that, that Billy talked about. And it, 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 it reminded the Israelites of this redemptive act that Billy talked about. That among the 10 plagues that led up to the Israelites leaving Egypt, the 10th and final plague was the judgment of the angel of death coming upon all the firstborn in the land and the way the Israelites would escape that judgment was to sacrifice a lamb and take the blood of that lamb and, and, and put the blood over the doorposts of their home. Thus, the angel of death would pass them by. And that picture, that, that story looked ahead to a savior, the lamb of God who would be sacrificed and that his blood would cover us, that we would avoid judgment and no life that is found in him. And so Jesus, knowing that this Passover meal was going to lead to that very sacrificial act, took bread, gave thanks, he broke it. And he said to his disciples, he says to us, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As we continue, let's
pray as we prepare for the cup, the reminder of our Lord's shed blood. And Father, we come to this moment, and and blood is such a graphic and gruesome image and reminder. And yet we we need, (laughs) we need to be reminded again and again that our experience of life came from a sacrifice of life, Jesus dying for us. Again, out of obedience to you and great love for us. That this is all part of your plan to rescue us, to reunite us back to you because you are a God who loves us and dances over us with love beyond measure. And for that, we're grateful. God, um, I talked earlier about moving from being thankful to feeling thankful. Even now, God, would you do that? Engage our minds and our hearts with great gratitude for such a gift. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. In the same way, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks, and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, the same Apostle Paul that Billy spoke about also said that as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And so we want to do that. We're proclaiming today to you, to ourselves, to each other that we are deeply loved, we are forever forgiven because of Jesus. And for that, we're grateful. And we want to live gratefully in the, the unshakable truth and reality that that is. That as our feelings come and go, that as our circumstances ebb and flow, we are loved. We are forgiven and we will be with you forever. And so God, let us respond just out of pure joy, loving our Savior because he has first loved us. We pray in Jesus' name. i
Now, oh. these, are, these are special glasses. Your kids have been engineered that when people wear them that are colorblind, you get to see the color just like we all see. And it came with balloons and all that. Oh, my goodness. I can put these on. Yeah, it'll just rock where we're supposed to be. It'll like correct, how we all see it. It'll yeah. correct your eyes so that you'll see how it's supposed to see it. So may your words be like a pair of corrective glasses for the colorblind. May your words be that way through the scripture and through your heart and encouraging each other along the way that people just have those, those reactions that are like, oh, God, you're here. God, you're real. You're with me. God bless you, gang. Glad you're here today. Have a good one. <laughs>